Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. No time for pleasantries. I don't even think I know what day it is, but the calendar says it is Tuesday, November 30th. And my name is Trey Scott, and you're definitely listening to the College Football Daily. And we absolutely have a ton to talk about. We've got Brian Kelly to LSU. Is that more surprising than Lincoln Riley to USC? I don't know. I think it might be. Uh, Steve Wolfong and Blair Angulo, they did an emergency podcast on that Monday night and they are going to, uh, and we're going to run that feed for you here uh, on our episode as well. We're also talking to Joey Helmer, Oklahoma reporter for OU Insider, the 24-7 Sports Oklahoma site, because there are a few storylines developing down in Norman. We, we First of all, the roster demolition, transfer portal, left and right. We're going to talk about transfer portal in a second. That includes Spencer Rattler. You've also got a lot of sp- uh, a lot of smoke that Brent Venables, Clemson defensive coordinator, the best coordinator in football, offensive or defensive, is set to join the Sooners as the head coach. It's not out. It's it's not official yet. Uh, you're probably listening to this Tuesday morning, drinking your coffee. Nothing's official yet. It could still fall through, but all signs point to Brent Venables down in Norman. So we'll get Joey's reaction to that. And, and he also, uh, we asked him a question of, of how hated is Lincoln Riley in Norman? And you're going to want to hear his answer. Before we do those two things, uh, worth noting that the transfer portal has been absolutely bonkers. Uh, if Saturday was rivalry weekend and yesterday was, and Sunday was Black Sunday, then Monday was just simply Portal Monday. Uh, over 100 players uh, from the FBS ranks entered on Monday. And that means that of all the players in the transfer portal, 15% of them entered on Monday. Spencer Rattler is in, the Oklahoma quarterback. No surprise that he was going portaling regardless of what Lincoln Riley was doing. And, and our own Chris Hummer says to watch out for schools like Arizona State and Oregon and Ole Miss, LSU, TCU, Arizona, uh, maybe even UCLA for Rattler. And then you saw Zach Evans, a former five-star running back commit. He's leaving TCU after two years. He'll be a hired gun, a one-and-done running back gun for somebody in 2022. We republished uh, an old timeline of Zach Evans' recruitment because it was absolutely crazy as well. There was no telling where he's going to go. You saw another running back, Jameer Gibbs. He hit the portal. Uh, Clint Brewster, a 24-7 sports reporter, says that Michigan State, which just landed Jalen Berger, a uh, transfer running back from Wisconsin, uh, that Michigan State's going to take a shot at Jameer Gibbs and Alabama and Tennessee will also be involved. Late Monday afternoon, Terrence Lewis, five-star Maryland signee from the class of 2021, did not play a snap this year because of a torn ACL that he suffered in the offseason. He's already entering the transfer portal. This is absolutely crazy. This is going beyond our wildest imagination of what the transfer portal was going to look like in college football. And I'm telling you, the names that, if you could just see the names that have been rumored that are on Transfer Portal Watch, that we have content ready to go for when they enter. Oh my goodness. I'm glad that we don't do emergency episodes when transfers happen because we would be absolutely wiped out. All right. So uh, I feel like I've, I've given you enough Transfer Portal. At some point this week, we're going to have to talk championship Saturday. And at some point, we'll probably have to do a deep dive again into the Transfer Portal. But for now, here's Joey Helmer on Oklahoma. And then after that, we're going to hear from Blair Angulo and Steve Wiltfong about Brian Kelly to LSU. 
All right, Joey Helmer joins us right now. Joey, we're running on fumes. We'll, uh, I'll spare you the how you doings and the hellos. This was going to be an episode about, and not an episode, a conversation because we've got you know Ryan Kelly stuff in the rest of the episode. I wanted to talk to someone about the demolition of Oklahoma's roster, and I definitely want to get to that and the recruiting class and all that stuff. But the Brent Venables smoke feels like feels like that's pretty close, Joey. Yeah, no, from who we've been able to talk to and that kind of sources around, it, it sounds like uh, there's something there. This is late Monday at this point, and we had the press conference this afternoon with President Harris and uh, Athletic Director Joe Castiglione and, uh, of course, interim head coach Bob Stoops, and uh, nothing uh, definitive came out of that, but uh, the smoke continues to swirl around Brent Venables. And so uh, it appears that he is perhaps the lead candidate. Um, we've also heard Shane Beamer at South Carolina, a guy that's been linked with Oklahoma, and then Luke Fickle at uh, Cincinnati. Those are kind of the three names that seem to be circulating the most. But yeah, I, I think at this point, Venables, it sounds like there's a lot there with this thing. Are you surprised that Mark Stoops wouldn't have gotten more attention? Because I can clearly tell from afar how much this program means to Bob. And I kind of think he might think it's cool to keep it in the family. Yeah, no doubt. I think there's certainly uh, that factor there that when you say keep it in the family and um, you also look at an established uh, guy that's been a head coach um, out of those three I mentioned, obviously Shane Beamer um, has just had a, a really good first year at South Carolina and then Fickle uh, with what he's been able to do clearly looks like Cincinnati's poised to go to the playoff. But uh, Mark Stoops is another uh, guy that has a head coaching experience. And so um, from that standpoint, you had the family factor. And then uh, also there, there's that allure. If you're looking for a guy that's got the head coaching experience, then obviously you have that and then the family ties. But uh, for Brent Venables too, uh, there's a certain amount of family ties, if you will, you know, not being directly family, but a guy that's been with the program for you know more than uh, 10 years before he went to Clemson. And so um, there's a certain amount of familiarity there as well. Yeah. And it, it seems like for this to be this far down the road, it does seem like they might've patched up any sort of bad blood that, that lingered, you know, when he left for Clemson, because you know, Mike Stoops was brought on as Cody C, you know, you know better than I do. Um, Joey, if it is Brent Venables and if the hire is announced by Tuesday, is the administration hoping that he can salvage the flurry of transfer portal Sooners and the guys who we're hearing behind the scenes who are going to be transfer portaling. And then, of course, the recruiting class, which is you know making headlines in 2022 and 2023 for all the decommitments. Do you think it's reasonable to expect him to salvage that? Or do we just kind of have to accept that those are Lincoln Riley's guys and Brent Venables is going to have to build up a new version of Oklahoma? Well, I think you hit on a couple of key factors there. First off, uh, patching up the relationship uh, between Bob Stoops and uh, Brent Venables. I've heard that uh, that has happened several years ago. And so that's a key factor in this thing. It's a really good point that you bring that up. Um, it's something that had those bridges been burnt and, you know, had that relationship not been salvaged, uh, then we wouldn't be in this situation where he could possibly um, get the job here. And then um, as far as the recruiting class is concerned, I think that's what really accelerates the timeline here for Oklahoma. That That's what makes this a tough situation with the way that Lincoln Riley went out, because you're talking about <laughs> this is right before early signing day. Uh, Oklahoma absolutely 
has to keep as much of this class together as they possibly can. And so uh, I think that's the concern from Oklahoma's uh, side of things. You heard Bob Soup say he's going to go out and recruit uh, immediately tonight uh, in the press conference. He said that. And I heard, Trey, that he was at the office at the coach's office at 7 a.m. this morning. And so uh, that kind of tells you the dedication uh, on on his side of things. He quit his, uh, in the middle of the golf game, his round that he was doing when the news broke on Lincoln Riley. And so uh, all of that kind of explains, you know, really tells the whole story as far as how much, you know, the concern is that they got have to keep this recruiting class together. The timing of this is just so uh, tough for Oklahoma. And I think um, with that said, if they're able to, you know, ink a deal here sometime this week, then that helps immensely with that. The new head coach then is able to go out and uh, try to salvage as much of this class as they possibly can. Yeah, I'm looking at the decommit tracker on 24-7 sports. Counting, I think, three 2022 decommits in the last uh, post-Lincoln Riley's exit. And then 2023, as you know, when and we don't need to talk about it here, but it, it does matter for the roster demolition aspect of things. Three commits so far from 2023, including two five-stars, including Malachi Nelson, the five-star quarterback, only behind Arch Manning as the overall player in the class. Joey, as far as guys on the roster, I think we all knew, even if Lincoln stayed, and it's funny to say, even if Lincoln stayed, I mean, uh, no one knew he was going to leave, but uh, Spencer Rattler was going to go, right? So uh, that's that's one story, and, and I kind of hit on that in my introduction, talking about destinations there, but you know, Theo Wies, Jadon Hazelwood, you know, there's rumblings of other guys too. Um, are those guys as good as gone? Yeah, uh, I mean, they, they've both entered the transfer portal. Now you look at that uh, tremendous class that <laughs> you mentioned, those two guys in Rattler, and then, uh, of course, what happened to the Trajan Bridges um, with his situation in the offseason. They've now effectively lost the entirety of that group that was supposed to be so impactful um, as far as a, a great quarterback and a skill players there. And so, yeah, I, you know, we'll see, depending on who's hired, obviously, uh, they're going to try and try and keep those guys around. But um, as you know, with kind of following this transfer portal, a, a lot of times it's the exception more than the rule that a guy comes back. Uh, typically when uh, they enter that transfer portal, th- their mind's probably fairly uh, set on what they're going to do. And so yeah, these are these are tough losses. I expect uh, there's probably going to be a few more hits to come for Oklahoma, who have to be realistic about this deal. Um, and, and this is, again, when you talk about uh, the recruiting aspect of it, uh, not only are they trying to salvage the recruiting class, but yeah, you're trying to salvage what's also on your roster still as well. So uh, that's well, it's just the timing of this is just so crazy. I don't think, you know, I've been trying to liken this to any kind of situation. And uh, let's face it, Oklahoma is a blue blood. Lincoln Riley goes to USC. The, about the only comparison that I can think of, Trey, and it's so much different because of the uh, significance of the roster uh, in terms of football to basketball. But when Roy Williams left Kansas to go to North Carolina, to me, just because of the blue blood aspect, it is about the only comparison I can come up with. This is unprecedented. And uh, so Oklahoma, whoever they hire here, the guy they hire is absolutely tasked with keeping the recruiting class together. And as you mentioned, those how many guys get in the transfer portal to try and salvage as many of those as possible. Yeah, plus plus a move to the SEC with with Brian Kelly as the new LSU head coach. Last question for you, Joey. And I don't even mean this as like 
to be the most dramatic person in the world and like logistically throw out, yeah, he has to go like sign some paperwork or, you know, his wife has to go sell the house or whatever. Will Lincoln Riley ever be uh, allowed to, to set foot in Norman, Oklahoma again? <laughs> you know, if the, uh, if the fans have their say on that, I can tell you everyone I've spoken to does not want him in Norman again. And it's, gosh, it's really sad when you think about it. I mean, Lincoln Riley was handed the keys to uh, Bob Stoops' castle in many ways. And I think without question, reading between the lines and kind of some of the comments that Stoops made in the press conference today, He's not real happy about this still. I don't think there's uh, any question about that. And so, yeah, I well, it'll be interesting. <laughs> you know, it's funny. The people you talk to right now, there are two people in the state of Oklahoma that are not very well received. There was one in Kevin Durant, and now there's two in Durant and Lincoln Riley. And so, yeah. It, Just haven't gotten over Durant yet? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on, come on. I, and I'll tell you, I I, I don't know when that's going to happen. It, hey, it was two teams ago. Yeah, that's true. It was two <laughs> teams ago. Absolutely. And um, I, I can tell you, though, of those two now, Lincoln Riley is probably the more hated of the two. So uh, Drake's got that in his favor now. Joey, great stuff. We'll, we'll be sure to check back in with you in the next few months because your program, the model of stability and consistency in college football is now uh, pretty topsy-turvy. And I, I think it, you're going to get a, it's going to be a little exhausting, but I think you're going to have some fun covering it. So we appreciate you joining us so late. No doubt. Thanks. All right. Thanks to Joey. Can't wait to see what happens down in Norman. Without further ado, my guys, Blair Angulo, Steve Wolfong, what in the world do we make of Ryan Kelly to LSU? I'm joined by the director of recruiting for 24-7 Sports, Steve Wilfong, as we take a look at this move from a recruiting angle. Steve, it's been a busy few days here nationally in the recruiting world. How shocked are you that this has gone down? Blair, twice in two days, we see a head coach leave a school that most would consider the last stop, unless, of course, you go to the NFL, but the last stop on the college level, Lincoln Riley getting a change of scenery and going out to USC and trying to rebuild a program that hasn't won a national championship since 2004. Then you have Brian Kelly, who has now the all-time wins leader in Notre Dame history, who has Notre Dame still in the playoff hunt. They are mathematically alive, for lack of better words. He is uh, per Pete Thamel of Yahoo Sports, who's the top insider of college football coaching news, reporting that uh, Brian Kelly is uh, expecting, that LSU is expecting to hire Notre Dame's Brian Kelly as the school's next head coach. An announcement could come as early as tomorrow, which would be Tuesday, uh, as I read this on Monday evening. And it just blows me away because Notre Dame, they got the number four recruiting class in the country right now in 2022, and they're number two off and running in 2023. I've never seen Notre Dame recruit at a clip like this. And I've been around the program for a long time. My first journalism job was at the South Bend Tribune over 20 years ago. And so, uh, uh, and I'm from South Bend. So uh, this, uh, I've been following Notre Dame for a long time. And, and Brian Kelly, you know, I feel like he's had this program in the conversation to win a national championship and was determined to do so. And now uh, when, when I really thought the recruiting was elevated, goes off to LSU, 
I'm not sure why he's making that move. Same with, you know, Lincoln Riley. I, I looked at the way Oklahoma has been recruiting, you know, uh, four top 10 classes in the last five years. The best that they've recruited on the defensive side of the ball had a terrific class, particularly on the defensive side with Gabriel Brownlow, Dindy, and Derek Moore. And uh, the number one class early in 2023, Notre Dame number two, Oklahoma was number one. And Lincoln Riley, uh, I, I thought he had had the Sooners close to winning their first title since 2000. He is gone and and out at USC now. I, I'm just blown away. This is off the rails now, and uh, it's it's it's. I'm I'm to the point now where I'm just excited to kind of see what happens next. What do you think this means for LSU? Because obviously they had been trying to work behind the scenes for a long time. They announced that Coach Ed Orgeron was would not be returning for 2022 uh, midway through the season, and and it seemed like they started to get the wheels turning for a while and and trying to get feels out for several different candidates. Obviously, Lincoln Riley was one of those rumored top candidates for them. He heads out to, to USC. They move on to Brian Kelly and get this done really quickly. Do you think that this could push LSU back to you know a potential championship caliber in terms of recruiting? Well, they're not that far removed from winning the title. It's what, two years? And then obviously, Nick Saban won a title there. Um, and Les and Miles. Les Miles won a title there. So the last three head coaches have hoisted the crystal ball. So it is a great place to be a head football coach. And, and, and they're notoriously loaded with talent. Uh, the built-in advantage of recruiting in state is off the charts. I mean, we've seen Alabama go in there and win some battles and A&M has uh, recently won some too, but that's a tough place to go in there and, and get a blue chipper. You know, it's a place that LSU is coming off three top five recruiting classes coming into this cycle. And there's a lot of meat on the bone for them and USC to really make a run at a top 10 class here to close strong. I'll be curious to see what the recruiting ramifications are because Brian Kelly is one of the best living room guys in college football. He's so eloquent in ex- getting his message across to, to parents and recruits, um, but he's not like the guy leading the charge like Lincoln Riley is, you know? So I'm curious to see how this will work uh, at LSU, but he is an excellent football coach. I mean, Notre Dame's won over 10 games, five seasons in a row. Uh, they've won over 10 games, six of the last seven. Uh, that doesn't even include a 12-win season at Notre Dame in 2012 when they played in the title game and a 12-win season at Cincinnati when they went 12-0 and and were ranked as high as number four in his last season before he moved on to Notre Dame, won double-digit games three times at, at Cincinnati. He, you know, he when you're looking at who's won the most games in college football right now, active, Saban's one and Brian Kelly's two. So he is a hell of a football coach. And uh um, you know, LSU's a place where they always have a ton of talent. So I think he's a guy that can get them lined up correctly and win big from a recruiting standpoint. It's a little bit of a head scratcher, maybe, but you know, time will tell and we'll see who he hires. You know, yeah. I mean, like Corey Raymond's a mainstay. I mean, I feel like, you know, he's as an electric a recruiter as you're going to find. I mean, he he's created DBU. I would think that he, you know, I'm, this is purely speculation, but they got some LSU guys around that program, uh, Coach Falk and uh, um, some terrific off-field recruiting guys up there uh, at LSU as well. I mean, it's a place that's built to 
built to recruit itself. I mean, similar to Notre Dame in a sense, but LSU may be a little easier path to high ranking recruiting classes than Notre Dame, just because Notre Dame has to go so national because their backyard's not as fruitful. Yeah. I'm getting a mom calling me right now. She don't even, she don't call. She's calling. (laughs) Blowing people away. She wants to know why Brian Kelly would leave Notre Dame as he's building the number four class right now in the 2022 class rankings heading into the early signing period. And, and, and you mentioned it's a head scratcher, but you, I think you answered your own question, Steve, because you said that the last three head coaches at LSU have won national championships. Nick Saban, oh, I- Les Miles, Ed Orgeron, and Brian Kelly has not been able to get over that hump at Notre Dame. And maybe he was inspired seeing Lincoln Riley and say, all right, Lincoln Riley's going to go and choose a new, new path. Maybe it's my turn. And when an LSU comes knocking on the door, it's I don't want to say it, it's it's not a lateral move, right? Like it's it's LSU. It's still one of the oh, top jobs in the country. And it's going to and it's going to be I think for him, like you mentioned, right, he's not the guy that's leading the charge in recruiting. He makes great choices and he, and he's a great evaluator and he's and he's great in the living room, like you touched on. But if he's going to LSU and, and it's going to recruit itself a little bit more with maybe not as many barriers that he had to face at Notre Dame, I mean, maybe he sees a clear path to hoisting that crystal trophy. No, I, I agree. LSU is, I mean, it's obviously been an easier place to win a national championship of late than than Notre Dame. And it's in the premier conference in college football. It's one of the premier jobs. When I look at the SEC, the schools that I think that have the best chance for success, obviously Alabama, Georgia, Florida, LSU. Those are the first four that come to mind. Now, Texas A&M is trying to breathe that same air right now, and, and they're recruiting at a high level. They got to get those guys to December 15th in, in, the, in the early signing period. But LSU, is it, it's easy. I understand why Brian Kelly is interested in LSU. I, I also think that he had Notre Dame close and what he's walking away from to go to LSU. It's just interesting, you know? Yeah. And the Irish are close, like you mentioned, already in the conversation and heavily in the mix to get a, a spot in the college football playoff this year. Uh, a really good recruiting class, it, not only in 22, but also in 23. And and always will be one of those blue bloods that draws attention from prospects all across the country. What is next for Notre Dame? Who do you see and as, as an ideal fit to fit that head coaching role, not only as a guy on the field with the X's and O's, but a, a personality that can really move that for, that program forward in, in terms of recruiting. Well, I think the three names that are most obvious right off the bat are Luke Fickle, who which is who I would hire, uh, Matt Campbell, who would be an amazing hire, and Dave Clawson, who has done a really good job at Wake Forest. I think those are the three guys that immediately come to mind for me. But it's Notre Dame, man. Who knows who you could swing at and poach and pull? And uh, with with each of these moves, it leaves another great job open. But Notre Dame, I think Luke Fickle makes a lot of sense. He almost went to Notre Dame uh, during his process, picked Ohio State over Notre Dame as a dual sport uh, football wrestling standout and did both at Ohio State and had a great career uh, on the football field for them and has turned Cincinnati. I mean, Cincinnati's going to make the college football playoff if, if they can you know handle business against a really good Houston team this weekend. And uh, uh, the way he's built that, that, that football program, the one thing that that's always stuck with me about Luke Fickle and, and, and people love being on his staff and being within his program, but he, he told me when I went and visited him early at Cincinnati that the best recruiter on the staff 
has to be the head coach. And and when he worked for Jim Trussell and when he worked for Urban Meyer, it was that way. And that's his ambition at Cincinnati. And Cincinnati's working on what I believe is a third straight number one group of five recruiting class. And, uh, um, you know, he leads the charge and they evaluate well and they develop players. And to a certain degree, that's what Notre Dame still is. I mean, Notre Dame can recruit blue chippers and they can recruit top classes, but there's still going to be six, seven guys in their class that are projection takes that they're going to turn into something, turn into draft picks. And uh, so I think Luke Fickle, his Midwest roots, the way he's evolved as a coach, uh, I think he's built for for Notre Dame. Which then, at that case, I think you know he would try. You know, Marcus Freeman is Notre Dame's defensive coordinator. He was Luke Fickle's defensive coordinator before that. I think he's a no brainer for Cincinnati. Hell, Marcus Freeman would be a good candidate for Notre Dame too. With uh, um, just with the impact that he made. You know, Clark Lee is a guy that if this job would have opened up a couple years from now, depending on how he was doing at Vanderbilt, certainly. Uh, a candidate, uh, but I like Luke Fickle uh, for that job. LSU just hired, a, a, according to Pete Thamel's report, a hell of a football coach in Brian Kelly, and uh, uh, easy to see why Brian Kelly would be interested in going to LSU and trying to get them back to the promised land. And, uh, and now I'm just excited to see what happens in Norman and what happens in South Bend. Yeah, and what's going to happen to all those recruits that are committed to those schools as we make that charge towards Blair. the early signing period in mid-December? Blair. Yes, Oklahoma's got to go get Lane Kiffin. I've been, I think that's a plug-and-play move right there. Lane Kiffin fits the style that Oklahoma's been recruiting to for the most part. He under, they're moving them, they're making the move to the SEC, and I think Lane Kiffin. He once made a, a move to a, a, a program from a program that uh, people would have considered destination um, and, and left. I think that if if, Lane, if 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 Oklahoma could get Lane Kiffin and it's the right marriage, maybe it's a long one too. You know, and so I I, I would be excited about Lane Kiffin for Oklahoma, and I, I think he's a perfect fit for the Sooners. Steve, you like chaos. That's what that's what I'm drawing from this is that you love you love the frenzy. I actually don't like any of it because it adds more recruiting her uh, recruiting twists and turns and i don't like any of that but since we're talking about it i think you know, i think lane kiffin would be great for oklahoma and then i don't know who i would put at ole miss i mean lane kiffin's perfect for ole miss obviously you know yeah, but yeah, i think he'd no. be awesome at oklahoma yeah this i mean this has turned into a really wild few few days uh, as we head into the contact period and and obviously the early signing period in mid-december steve can't wait to read all about the the prospects and we'll be doing our best to track down reaction from recruits over at 247sports.com have a good one steven and maybe i'll catch up with you soon once once the ball starts dropping on another job yeah man we'll be talking sooners and irish soon you know i have a feeling they'll get those hires made quickly all right appreciate everyone especially our producer lance glenn absolutely to seal a seinfeld reference Burning the midnight oil here on a Monday afternoon, Monday evening, Monday night. Sorry, Lance, it's Monday night where you are. We won't be doing a playoff reactions episode on Tuesday night to, into Wednesday morning. I think the, the playoff top four, top five will be pretty cut and dry on Tuesday night when, when the ESPN show happens. But I'm sure Wednesday's episode of the College Football Daily will be jam-packed because this weekend, uh, never seen anything quite like it. My name is Trey Scott. That's our producer, Lance Glenn. Somewhere over there doing our audio. Enjoy your Tuesday. We'll talk to you on Wednesday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.